Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for this special call with Tony Khan to discuss the upcoming AEW All Out event in Chicago this weekend. So by now you know the drill so that we give everyone an ample opportunity to connect with Tony. Please, one question per person. We ask that you kindly refrain from asking two-parted questions. Also, we ask that your questions are focused as best as possible on the upcoming show or, or the shows this weekend in Chicago. And finally, please check now that your phone is unmuted. So let's get to it. I'm going to turn it over to Tony now for some opening thoughts, and then we're going to open the lines for your questions. Tony, it's all yours. Hey, thanks, Jim. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I'm very excited about AEW All Out. Very excited to be back in the Chicago area, and uh, soon I will be back in the city of Chicago itself in in Chicago after spending the Chicago suburbs where the original All In was held uh, at the Now Arena. Very excited about the show, very excited about the city, and a lot of really exciting things happening in AEW, and surely coming out of last night's show, a lot of things to be looking forward to on this pay-per-view, but also had to make a lot of changes to last night's event. As I mentioned, I, I put a post out that used to be called Tweets before uh, the show started, and it was one of the more challenging events. It reminded me of the pandemic era in terms of having to scramble in the last 24 hours, pretty much up to the start of the show. A lot of the top stars were unavailable, uh, either due to illness and, and even more so due to the hurricane. So we had top stars like Soraya and Swerve, uh, who we had good ideas for, and they were unavailable due to illness. And then so many people coming out of Florida unavailable due to the hurricane, including Kenny Omega. And I would have really liked to have had Kenny Omega there. He's involved in one of the most important matches on the show versus Takashita, which I'm sure we're going to talk about here. Uh, so we would have loved to have had Kenny there, but very excited about the one-on-one -on -one Omega versus Takashita match. We've been looking forward to it a long time, and it's something I know Kenny has been looking forward to for a really, really long time. Speaking of the pandemic era, that's when he first uh, asked me about bringing Takashita into AEW several years ago in an empty dailies place. So uh, very exciting to come from an empty dailies place to earlier this week, Wembley Stadium, setting the record for pro wrestling, the most tickets ever sold for any event. And uh, what a way... Uh, to come back to America now, uh, back where it all began. So I'm really excited to talk to you about it. Just wanted to point out some of those things. And uh, with that, Jim, please take it away, sir. All right, will do. Okay, Tony, we're going to start with Jim Barcelone from the Miami Herald. And after Jim, it'll be Connor Casey from Comic Book. Jim, you're up first. Thank you. Congratulations on All In, 81,000 plus, 10 million. I wish I could talk more about that, but I just have to ask, will CM Punk be part of All Out? It's, it's, a, it's a great question, Jim. I, I really appreciate you asking. We're still continuing to investigate uh, an incident that happened before All In, I can't comment any further about it at this time. I appreciate you asking. And if I could say more at this moment, I would. I'm still looking into some things. And I promise I've always done my best to be honest with the fans. And in this situation, I'm doing my best to be honest about what we're, what's happening. And uh, I've been looking into this. And, and please bear with us. And I, I appreciate you and the fans. And we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can, I promise. All right, Jim, there you go. <clears throat> Thank you for that question. Connor Casey from Comic Book is next. Connor will be followed by Steve Fall from 10 Count. Connor. Hey, Tony, appreciate you taking the time today. Um, you mentioned some of the, uh, some of the hurdles uh, that getting last night's Dynamite uh, presented, whether it be illness or travel. Uh, has this week uh, given you any pause to maybe reconsider uh, running pay-per-views on back-to-back -back weekends in the future? Well, it's a great thought, and absolutely, I knew there would be some obstacles, but I think uh, going between these two big events, one of the reasons I feel really strongly about it is the live event aspect. And we've built live events that draw really, really well, and these are going to be, uh, obviously we're following up what last week is the biggest gate in the history of pro wrestling, and uh, it's hard to go back from 
uh, looking at a $10 million gate, a gate that was actually over $10 million paid, one of the very few times that's ever happened in sports, uh, entertainment, or pro wrestling. And uh, I think uh, it's uh, a huge, huge milestone. And then it's pretty amazing what's happening this week because we've got uh, massive gates still coming this weekend and very excited uh, about the real estate we built here. I think it'll be interesting to see next year where these events live and how they're presented. And that was something we were having the conversation about earlier this year on the path to creating AEW All-In. And, uh, of course, All-Out is one of our signature events. Where will these events live next year? It's an interesting question. There will be an All-In 100%. It will take place at Wembley Stadium August 25th. Uh, and uh, it will be a historic night for us to go back to where we set that great record and uh, all out is a really important event for us as it stands I think it's a big part of Labor Day weekend I think in the future uh, you know who's to say what platform these events will live on but um, I don't think it's unheard of to run major events close together uh, some people have done major events in the same venue or the same city back to back and that doesn't pose the same logistical challenges, but I think in this case, it's a unique circumstance of the working calendar, that you have a three-day weekend in England, the bank holiday that we were just able to utilize to create the biggest business day in the history of pro wrestling, and then uh, come back to a place where we've had all this success, and it's going to be Labor Day weekend, and it's gonna be an exciting time, and it's uh, really an important holiday for a lot of people here in America. And I think All Out, we've built a great tradition now over the years. It's our fifth All Out event, and it should be a great show. And I'm very excited uh, to go back to the United Center, which has been one of our best venues. Thanks. All right, thanks, Connor. Steve Fall from Ten Count. <clears throat> Pardon me. Steve Fall from Ten Count. You're next, and Steve will be followed by Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone. Steve. Hey Tony, I, I love these calls. I love the press conferences after the pay-per-views. But recently at All In, you had a media junket on the Friday before the event, where media could have one-on-one -on -one interviews, seven to ten minutes with talent. And coming up, you have Starcast connected to All Out, and you have Wrestle Dream, Full Gear, so on and so forth. You know your calendar, <laughs> but. Could we see more media junkets before these events where media can show up and do one-on-one -on -one interviews with professional wrestlers? Because that would be amazing for all of us, I'm assuming, on the call. I'm open to that. Uh, well, we've never done this on the call before. See, like, we've, uh, we're doing new things. We're uh, testing, the, uh, testing the formats, testing the fabrics of these very calls. Jim, uh, I've never punted a question back to you to the best of my recollection during one of these, but I think that's a great idea. I mean, yeah. more things like that. I think it's a great thought. It's a great idea. We'll, we'll take that under advisement, Steve. That's, that's a great idea. It absolutely is. Um, well, you ready for Steve, another question? Steve, you broke our format here. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, it's a great question, and it's up to us to answer that one. So uh, we'll get back to you on that one, Steve. Um, Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone. You are next, and Bill will be followed by Samantha Shipman from the Daily DDT. Bill? Good afternoon, Tony. How are you? I'm very well, Bill. Thanks for asking. How are you, sir? Good. Uh, All Out has a heavy Ring of Honor roster presence this year. Uh, any news on Ring of Honor's next standalone pay-per-view or how they'll be integrated into AEW TV going forward? Well, it's an interesting thing. Uh, the roster of champions is so strong right now. I think we have, it through AEW and Ring of Honor, between the two promotions, the strongest group of champions in the world, in my opinion. And now Ring of Honor, the champions, includes MJF and one of the legends of Ring of Honor, Adam Cole. So you have the AEW world champion MJF, one of the biggest stars in wrestling, and his partner, also one of the biggest stars in wrestling. And it's very cool because this is the only major championship in ROH that Adam Cole never held during his original run there. And in addition to MJF and Adam Cole, what a roster of champions when you have Claudio Castagnoli, Samoa Joe, Katsuyori Shibata, 
uh, and this great crew. We have a great women's world champion, Athena. I've been looking to get Athena involved, and I'll just be super honest about this. I, I, I really like what we're doing with Athena and Billy Starks. I have a lot of fun booking the women's wrestling on Ring of Honor. I like working with them. Uh, they had a great match recently on the show. They'll, they'll be on ROH again tonight, ROH on Honor Club tonight. And I was with Billy Starks at the arena last night and uh, waiting for her to get cleared because she uh, had an injury. I don't think it's anything that's going to be long-term or, or super serious, and hopefully she'll be back soon. But I was hoping to get uh, Athena and Billy involved. Now, uh, if Billy does get cleared, I'm still optimistic I could, can get them a match on the zero hour and, and put together a great zero hour. But Billy uh, uh, and Athena have something really going great on Ring of Honor, and uh, Athena is a great world champion. And I've really, really enjoyed this great run now uh, dating back a, about a year almost uh, to final battle. And you asked me about the ROH pay-per-views uh, and Athena has been a great champion. And I think uh, dating back to final battle and fittingly enough, that will be a great ring of honor event. We're planning to have a final battle in December. Uh, it was a great event for us, very successful last year. So I'm looking forward to that, but uh you know, Athena has been a very active, competitive world champion, having a lot of fun with that run, and uh, was planning to get Athena involved. And I'm, I'm still thinking either way that'll happen, but I'm optimistic she'll be able uh, to have a match involving Billy Starks, and they've been doing some really cool stuff. I was talking to Mox yesterday at the arena, and he's putting together a cool tournament. You know, I, I enjoy... Uh, talking to him about pro wrestling a lot, and a lot of the women we've worked with in AEW are going to go, and I love for them to get this experience. It's one of the great things about independent wrestling and why we love working with independent wrestling promotions, especially when the person who's putting some thought behind it is one of the best minds in wrestling in Mox. And uh, he's got a tournament that Billy's involved in there. and October 8th, Renee, I believe, is the ambassador for the event, and it's a great event. And when I see uh, names like, uh, you know, not only Billy Starks, but Marina Shafir, Burt Vixen, Trisha Dora, Allison Kay, Janai uh, Kai, and others, I like all of them. They've all worked here in the past, and, you know, I think that's a great chance for them to get some reps. And in the case of Billy in particular, you know, I was saying to Mox, God, at 18 years old, she's doing some great stuff. I just want to make sure she takes care of herself because, uh, she wrestles really hard and uh, gets beats herself up a lot, especially for an 18-year-old. Um, and, uh, you know, I think she's got a lot of potential. She's got to think with this. That's a match I'd love to have. I think Athena's a great champion. I think Claudio's an amazing world champion. Uh, and so having a, a pair of great singles world champions, like Athena and somebody like a Claudio Castagnoli who can step into the ring and I believe has a case to beat any wrestler in the world. And a great world television champion, Samoa Joe, now is approaching the longest reign in the history of ROH. And when you look at the matches he's won, I mean, over the last year plus, he's had a lot of great wins with that title. Uh, and now with MJF and Adam Cole as the tag champs, that's two of the biggest stars in pro wrestling. Uh, we have great six-man champions. They're the longest reigning six-man champs ever. Brian Cage in the Gates of Agony. And the Gates of Agony were barely, a, you know, to see how far Toa and Khan have come in over a year since the Gates of Agony became a team and since they won the six-man championship, they've come so far. And I think it's really cool. I mean, the Gates of Agony were a team we, we put together. They had never teamed before. And, you know, I remember the first ROH show, we were still talking about the name, what the name was going to be and what the finishing move was going to be. I mean, that was how new they were to each other. And uh, they've come so far, the Gates of Agony and Brian Cage. I think that's what our ROH is all about and also different styles. And we've got some great pure wrestling, a great pure wrestling champion who uh, I could write an entire book about how much I love Shibata and how great I think he is and what a great pure champion he is for ROH. And we have that great pure wrestling, and then you have a hard-hitting style like Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony, you know, throwing around big, meaty guys, having some great matches. Uh, with teams like Iron Savages and also taking on high flyers like some of the best luchadors or had a great match uh, here with uh, Darius Action and Lee Johnson. 
So a uh, lot of great champions in ROH. That's why I like to feature uh, the best in the world, and obviously I'm very close to that roster as well. So we're going to utilize some of those stars. But now the ROH list of champions, you know, you don't want to gloss over. That includes MJF and Adam Cole. And I don't know a fan in wrestling right now that isn't excited about what MJF and Adam Cole are doing if they've been if they've really been following it because it's really exciting and it's certainly the most needle moving uh, story I you know we've had uh, as far as putting it out in the biggest ticket sales the biggest uh, the biggest paid fan attendance in the history of pro wrestling in the main event. So uh, a lot of great things happening there, and uh, that's why I wanted to get that crew very involved, and I thought it would be great to have a lot of them involved on this all-out event and feature some of the top stars across wrestling, across these two events, all in and all out. Um, And that's kind of what some of the thinking was for those uh, ROH champions and why I think, you know, they're in a strong position right now. Thank you, Bill. Samantha Shipman from the Daily DDT is next. Samantha will be followed by Daniel Yanofsky from the Sporting News. Samantha. Wait. Hi, Tony. How are you? Hey, I'm well, Samantha. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, Bill kind of took that, or I guess you actually answered my question. I was going to ask about Athena and her involvement this weekend and if we'd see any of that. So that's good to hear. So I'm going to pivot my question, uh, what I was going to originally ask you. So um, last week you mentioned Wrestle Dream, and that that would be something that's coming up to honor Antonio Inoki. Um, With that, could we, since, you know, in the last year or so, we've seen the creation of the IWGP Women's Championship and also the Strong Championship so will we see women involved in Wrestle Dream, and would either of those titles potentially be defended on Wrestle Dream? I would love for that to be the case, and I'm optimistic we can do that. So uh, I've been talking to New Japan about potential involvement in the show, some of the top men and women that can be involved, and I would really, really like that. Uh, so that's certainly something uh, to pay attention to. I think one of the great stars that's been involved in New Japan Pro Wrestling, who I have a ton of respect for, is Mercedes Monet, and I think we have a good relationship, and I also think she is one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet, and it was great to have Mercedes Monet at AEW All-In. She's not available to wrestle right now, but when she does wrestle, I think she's as good as anyone and one of the best in the world. I have so much respect for her as a competitor, and certainly, uh, you know, she's one of the top stars in the world. I don't know that she would be physically cleared at that time. I'm not expecting that because she had a major injury. But when she is cleared, that's somebody we're really interested in working with. And also, she's had great experiences in New Japan. She's been a great champion there. And uh, I think that's something to keep an eye on also uh, in the future for both companies. And I definitely would love to have uh, – involvement from New Japan from the men and the women and and get as many of the IWGP champions and the strong champions involved in the show. And, of course, the strong title has been featured in AEW before when Willow was the strong champion. Uh, We featured the strong women's title and now featuring the strong men's title with Eddie Kingston as the champion. Thank you. Thank you, Samantha. As promised, Daniel Yanofsky. From the Sporting News is next, and Daniel will be followed by Dominic D'Angelo from Inside the Ropes. Daniel. Hey, Tony. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm very well. How are you? Pretty good. Thank you. Um, you recently discussed having the idea of all in and all out close to one another. I was wondering, uh, due to potential price issues that people may have, I, as you see online, there may be people talking about it. Uh, and potential streaming ideas for the future, would you consider doing a bundle deal for all in and all out at some point? I know uh, if you can't really talk about streaming options, but it just seems that uh, it's been a growing topic on social media lately. Uh, well, do you ever watch Get Smart? Have you ever seen the show Get Smart? The, the TV show Get Smart, I don't know if you ever watch that show. So would you believe, uh, that I tried that. Uh, in this case, uh, when Max Smart says that, it's not always the case. He's exaggerating. But in this case, uh, I I did. Uh, 
I really uh, thought that would make a lot of sense, but it was not something that was viable across all the cable carriers. It's not something that's really been tried. I've been, it's crazy to say this, but dynamite is a thing that I've been writing on paper and I've wanted to do uh, since I was 12 years old. And dynamite always led up to pay-per-view events. And before there was bundling of events, before there was long before there were streaming platforms in the 90s when I was like a 12 13 year old kid that pay-per-view bundle was one of my dreams and it's kind of amazing because that was in the 90s and it's 2023 now and it's been like 28 years since I wanted to do that and have a pay-per-view bundle across weekends it's still really pretty much impossible to do to get the cable carriers and uh, all the satellite providers and the streaming platforms and get a uniform solution, it was really hard to come up with something. And uh, it's a great thought. And it's something I literally have wanted to do for 28 years since I was a small boy. And I, the reality is it would have been impossible then, and I would have thought that uh, it would be a little bit easier technologically. But... In the long haul, I would like to find a way to create that. It was something I was hoping to find a way to create this year or utilizing streaming. Um, and the things that have been tried and true are, first of all, live events in pro wrestling. And from a live event standpoint, this is going to be the biggest month in the history of AEW by far, right? I mean, pretty obvious because a $1 million gate is great in pro wrestling. And... Very few people ever in pro wrestling have achieved a $1 million date. Last weekend, we did something that a lot less people have ever done and is the true rarefied air. And I thought we were living high on the hog. I thought we were uh, really um, doing something special all these years with a million-dollar gate. And it's true. We were. Very few people have ever done that. That is wrestling history. But, you know, what's cooler than a million-dollar gate is a $10 million gate to paraphrase, paraphrase uh, the social network. So uh, that bundle is a great thought. I'm very sympathetic to what people are saying. And in the future, I think streaming could make that type of thing an easier solution in the future. Um, but certainly for linear cable, satellite, pay-per-view carriers, that is actually something I, I approached Chris Harrington a long time ago about. And, you know, we thought it was a good idea, but unfortunately executing it across cable, satellite, uh, streaming providers, and uh, all of our different partners has been really challenging. And, and I'm optimistic that as technology continues to improve and we look at different platforms, that I think there could be a way to do that because I feel really powerfully about uh, the real estate we have here. I think we know we've done something special at Wembley. I think everybody knows we've done something special at Wembley. Uh, you know, it's like Frank and old school. I think the whole town knows we've done something pretty special at uh, Wembley. And uh, I think um, and now Chicago, this is a huge weekend for us all out. And uh, I know there's a way to execute it that's perfect for everybody. And I think the technology in the future is going to make that uh, a great solution for us. But definitely these two uh, things that are tried and true, live events and pay-per-view, um, I know that both are going to be great live events, and I know uh, we'll have a great pay-per-view audience. And certainly all in, uh, speaking of pay-per-view, this will also be the biggest pay-per-view month in the history of AEW by far across these four weeks because uh, all in was the most successful AEW pay-per-view in well over a year, one of the biggest ever, and will probably end up, uh, if not but in the top two, uh, would definitely be in the top three, and when it's all said and done, it could end up being our number two pay-per-view of all time. Um, so this will surely end up being our best month ever on pay-per-view. And in addition to best month of live events, I know those are kind of sometimes old-fashioned things in wrestling, uh, live event ticket sales and, and pay-per-view, but there's still very much real revenue streams to the business. And uh, this is going to be a great weekend, I promise. We're going to have a great time with StarCast. And I'm very excited about the pay-per-view show all out on Sunday. Thanks. Thank you, Daniel. Dominic D'Angelo from Inside the Ropes is next. And Dominic will be followed by Bill Bodkin from the Pop Break. Dominic. 
Hey, Tony, how are you? I've seen Get Smart, so uh, I, I know the reference. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So uh, my question for you, I've been, uh, as we're on the call here, I'm writing an article about John Moxley and his uh, comments about Terry Funk and his passing. And he mentions about, like, how everybody can learn a lot from Terry Funk. I kind of wanted to get your uh, perspective on Terry's legacy. But on top of that, too, what do you think you and the AEW roster could learn uh, from uh, the legacy of Terry Funk? That's a great question. I'm a huge fan of Terry Funk. I first saw Terry Funk uh, when I was eight years old on Great American Bash 1989 Glory Days. And I thought it was some of the greatest stuff I'd ever seen. I rented the tape from Blockbuster Video, and then I started calling every Blockbuster Video and every video store in central Illinois. And there were lots of different unaffiliated video stores and mom and pop shops back then. And there's a lot of surrounding towns. And my parents did not particularly love or even like wrestling, but they were very cool about my love for it. And uh, I remember going to video stores all over looking for more of those 89 WCW pay-per-views because I just had to see more of this guy. And he is one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. I didn't get a chance to know him personally. In these later years, it was something I was interested in. Uh, I... I it's one of those things I'll always regret, not uh, having that chance. Tommy Dreamer mentioned uh, he wanted to get us together at times, but uh, there were a couple times where he, he tried to put it together and it just didn't work out. Uh, but uh, we were obviously, I know everyone knows Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer very close, and I'm very close to Tommy Dreamer. So I, I have a lot of friends uh, that are close with Terry Funk also, but it's like... You know, it's kind of like, I can only imagine the tributes that will come out. It'll be a very sad day here in Chicago and all over the world if, you know, if and when anything ever happens to Michael Jordan. And I think the, the praise will be so glowing, but it's hard to articulate a new, a new thought something that hasn't been said, an original idea about what makes Terry Funk so special because it's all been mine. So he's so great. And uh, it's hard to articulate the greatness of somebody who's so much better than everybody else. But uh, he's right, John, when John says that we could all learn a lot from Terry Funk. I'm, I, I think we can all see John has learned things from Terry Funk. And uh, certainly uh, there are great wrestlers today that will keep his legacy alive. There's so many people that respect Terry Funk. He'll be one of those great names that lives forever in this business. And uh, certainly, I was I was very very sad to hear that when he passed away. And uh, thinking of his family, and it, to me, yeah, he's personally one of my heroes. And uh, you know, like my my dad and I watching ECW then later after that. And again, my dad didn't love wrestling, but he was very cool uh, to take me. Uh, to ECW, and that was the thing that was the most important to me. And and uh, and if I achieved my academic goals, that was what my big reward would be. And that's why I achieved my academic goals, frankly, is because I wanted to go to ECW. And uh, Terry Funk's a huge part of, of that legacy too. But really, across all of pro wrestling, I think Terry Funk leaves a, a major, major footprint and the biggest of shoes to fill. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dominic. <clears throat> Bill Bodkin from the Pop Break is next. Ella J from a wrestling gal will follow Bill. Bill, you're up. Hey, Tony. At the uh, hey. media media scrum for All In, you you like took this moment and you stated how monumental All In was for AEW and for you, and it wasn't just because of the gate, wasn't just because of the uh, the attendance, but because of just like the struggles that you and AEW have had over the past years, from injuries to conflict and whatever, we all know what they are. But now that you've had the success of All In, how does that refocus you, as a, not only as a creative, but someone who's looking to put new ideas out there or go after new talent? Does that, how, how are you, what's your mind space now that you've had the most successful wrestling show of all time? That's a great question. I'm very excited to build to 
a great event. We'll have a great event this weekend, and I will come back to that if it's okay. Uh, after I answer your question, I'd like to talk a little bit more about this weekend, but I, I think we can't talk about this weekend or anything in wrestling right now without talking about what happened at All In. Uh, we're going to come back to it, and it's going to be, I promise, that I will spend so much time thinking about how to make next year's All In uh, a worthy successor. Uh, I am absolutely uh, committed to that. And the event was so powerful. And we set records. We sold more tickets than any event ever. We have hit highs in our pay-per-view business that I, I think we've really only hit once before. I believe this will end up being our second biggest pay-per-view of all time as it stands. And we've captured fans all over the world, their interest. Tonight is going to be really exciting because uh, coming up soon tonight in the UK, they're going to be replaying all in all over the t all over the channels, and it's on linear TV across ITV4, ITVX. So pretty much everybody in the country with a television set or anybody with uh, media capabilities, anybody can access ITV for free. And you know, it's uh, I always call it it's a rabbit ears channel. <laughs> anybody can get it. And rabbit ears has come a long way. I mean, that's one of those things I saw firsthand in the past decade. Is I can't believe. Uh, how much easier it is than when I was a kid when, when we would switch off satellite for the local TV channels. And certainly there was a big difference. I would rather watch stuff on my satellite than the local TV channels because the reception was much better. And, uh, and to see how far it's come in recent years for people with what are effectively now digital rabbit ears. And so anybody can watch ITV. And now the whole country is going to be able to see it. And I think that's really special. Um, so very excited about that. Uh, and coming off the event, it's, it's inspirational, but I also think it inspires other people. Talking to wrestlers outside of AEW, I think there's a whole new perception of what it means to go to AEW. You know, the show we delivered, look, everybody before All In would have said, I believe that there's a spectacle in wrestling and every wrestler's dream. You know, when they were growing up, there was no AEW. And a lot of people would say that, you know, the only spectacle, it, and for many years, was WrestleMania. And I think a lot of people would argue that, like, WrestleMania at its height, like the Silverdome or a lot of the stadium shows, that Starcade never reached that pinnacle. And I can say that we've done a show that generated more revenue than any Starcade ever. And that is, AEW All-In, and it sold more tickets than any WrestleMania ever. And the staging was grand. I think next year, one thing I'll look at, maybe the set. But if we build a bigger set, it might mean selling a few less of the premium seats uh, because the set takes up some space, you know. So that's, that helped us put a lot of the best inventory on sale. Uh, and but the, But the spectacle, the overall spectacle of All In was as big a spectacle and as well produced of a wrestling television show and pay-per-view event specifically as any major event in wrestling. We are on the biggest stage ourselves now, and there's not only one wrestling event that is on the biggest stage, and we've done things that nobody can take away. The most tickets sold, the quality of the event, the wrestling, and the spirit of the fans which was the most positive spirit I've ever seen leaving any wrestling event ever. And we have great events. And after the shows, the fans are around. They're around the hotels. They're around the airports. We see them. And, and generally, we put on great shows, and people have a great time. And, and most of the events we've done in AEW District are very well received. I stand here before you today, and I will say this again on this call just to reiterate this. I truly believe, and I've watched every big wrestling event this year, uh, across the major companies. And I think uh, whether I saw them live or saw them later on replay, and I believe that among the best events all year in wrestling are Revolution, Supercard of Honor, uh, The Forbidden Door, Death Before Dishonor, and AEW All In. And I would take those five shows, uh, again, the uh, those three uh, AEW events I mentioned, Revolution, and Forbidden Door, 
and All In, and of course, uh, Supercard of Honor and Death Before Dishonor. I would take those five events against pretty much anything all year. So we have really great events, and people get very excited. But the spirit leading All In was something completely different. So not only did we sell the most tickets ever, but we touched a lot of people. We made new fans all over the world. We brought in fans from all over the world. It was really special. And we get to do it again, and I can look at things we can do differently and approach it differently to make next year a unique experience. But it's definitely our clip. You know, when you watch, like, every show open, the, the beginning of primetime wrestling, my, when I was a kid, you saw the Silverdome clips, the Silverdome B-roll. You saw those clips, that B-roll, all the time. We're going to show it all the time. It's a big deal. I mean, for years, you would see that Silverdome clip. Well, I, ho I hope we'll be able to show this year's and next year's and make them feel really special and show how big AEW can be because that's what All In symbolizes, if that makes sense. And I was going to – I will try to come back to some of those other points, but I would like to touch on specific stuff about this weekend's pay-per-view show. Two of the matches in particular that I'm really excited about. One of them – that I will, uh, I will, I will start with uh, one of them that was confirmed, and that is Omega versus Takeshita. I think it's a great match, and it's really important to us. I mentioned this earlier on the call. It's a match that Kenny has really wanted for a very long time, for many years. He's talked to me about Takeshita and what he saw in Takeshita, and for Takeshita to betray Kenny, for Don Callis to betray Kenny, and go with. Uh, a younger man, a, a bigger man, a more physically uh, imposing in some ways man, and turn on a guy that he practically raised, a guy that he helped bring to the championship, and now uh, he's trading him in for a younger model. Uh, certainly, Kenny Omega is a, a popular star around the world, uh, and he's also very respected as one of the best wrestlers, and Don Callis has really disrespected one of the top stars. I was really hoping to have Kenny here, but I understand uh, that the hurricane made it impossible last night. So last night we didn't get to hear from him or his thoughts about Takeshita and where he stands with this. But, you know, I, I think we'll get another chance ahead of the event, hopefully. And I do think uh, that that match will be amazing. And it is something uh, we've really been looking forward to. I had talked to Kenny at one point to pull back the curtain about doing that match at All In. And there were some fans that asked about, should Kenny do the, the, the singles match or the, the, the trios match? And, and But I also thought the six-man match made a lot of sense. There was a Golden Elite trios match on the original All In, and to have Abushi teaming up, instead of the Young Bucks this time with Hangman and Kenny, but to have a Golden Elite match against in this case, top rivals, the Bullet Club Gold and Takeshita, I thought it made a lot of sense, uh, and I thought that was a great match. And, uh, and Kenny also really was excited to do the match in Chicago one-on-one -on -one with Takeshita. So I've been very excited about both matches, and I think uh, it's the best of both worlds to be able to have Kenny, Hangman, and Ibushi together and then uh, teaming up with uh, both of Kenny's great tag partners uh, in Abushi and the Golden Lovers, and of course Kenny and Hangman, one of the great AEW teams. So I really like that, and love their opponents too. I think I, Takeshita, amazing, and Jay White and Juice Robinson are phenomenal. And excited about having all all three of them competing this Sunday and All Out. But Kenny versus Takeshita is a huge match, and I think it's going to really deliver. Hopefully, we'll get another chance to hear from Kenny since he was not able to travel last night. Uh, to help build this up on Dynamite, but certainly uh, very excited about the match. Another match I'm really excited about, and I've been excited about for a long time, and it's one of those matches in AEW that we've never had. It's one of those matches in AEW that it was something I personally had looked forward to for a really long time, and I believe they're two of the greatest stars ever in AEW. And I was very excited for the match already, and I thought the end of Dynamite really helped push it over the edge, and that's John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. And, it's you know, there's um, a lot of discourse among fans, and certainly, it's, you know, All In was the best-received event we've ever done. It was the most successful event we've ever done. 
And even in the lead up to that, the most successful, well-received thing we ever did, I had a lot of people, a lot of fans saying you should have put John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy on all in. And you can't please everybody. But I felt like it's such a unique opportunity for the company. To me personally, to do Stadium Stampede and Wembley Stadium was the most surreal experience of my life. To have Andreas Pereira and Tim Ream standing there. <laughs> and if you follow international football and you know who those people are, that's a, they're really a big deal. And then especially if you follow Fulham, you know they're a really big deal to me personally too. And to have Andreas Pereira and Tim Ream there watching the guys running through the hallway, guys going up to the Royal Box bleeding. And, you know, and they were down by me in the chair seeing all this unfold. Marco Silva was up in the box with his family. Uh, this is all surreal that this is happening in a place where I've had so many special memories with my family. Guys bleeding in the Royal Box where I had the biggest celebration in the history of my family together when we got promoted versus Aston Villa. And I'm seeing the same, the same bar where my, where my mom went to get a glass of champagne and the guys are smashing their heads on. It's pretty special and cool. My mom couldn't believe it when I told her they were going to let us fight in the Royal Box. And I thought the stadium stampede was perfect, but a lot of people thought Orange versus Moss belonged on the show last week. I really love London, I love Wembley Stadium, and I'm sure you can hear that in my voice and by what I'm saying. I also really love Chicago. I mentioned this to the fans last night. I had never been out of the state of Illinois for more than three weeks consecutively until I was about 30 years old. I've really always been anchored here in Illinois until my dad bought the Jaguars, and I started working on the football stats. I've been working on that from Illinois uh, in my apartment and for a long time. But it was not something a lot of people were practicing back then, football analytics. And we have become, I believe, the best in football at it, at football analytics and uh, data um, integration and player tracking and utilizing all that information. And I still love working on it, but now we have a great staff of people that are in the office. I used to be in there 80 hours a week. And I don't have to be in Jacksonville in that office 80 hours a week anymore because I can get involved online and, and still do a lot of the things I did, come in, help out uh, with the undrafted free agents, help out week to week during the football season. But, you know, now um, I'm working on the road and uh, living with AEW and, and at Fulham. And, uh, but, but, you know, it's crazy to say until my dad bought the Jags, in 2012, I had never been out of the state of Illinois for more than two and a half weeks consecutively. And coming anytime I'm back in Chicago, it's really special to me. And All Out is one of the most special events in AEW. So there were some of the matches on All In that I saw how they could naturally lead into All Out, and I think they were matches people wanted to see on All In, and that's Omega versus Takashita, and certainly Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. I also have to do a TV show that is the flagship show. Uh, we've got great TV now with Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision. And for Dynamite last night, I felt like we need to do a great go-home Dynamite. We're going to have a great, uh, great stuff on Rampage tomorrow and certainly have a huge go-home Collision live at the United Center on Saturday. But I felt really strong that Orange Cassidy and John Moxley is a special match, something I've been saving for years. Going back to January of 2020, I had a very limited interaction with these two in a Mox versus Trent match in Daly's place, again, you know, three and a half years ago, over three and a half years ago. Thinking back that far, that's how long I've really wanted to do John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. The international title didn't exist yet then, but the international title is a very real thing now. And every week on TV, practically, you see Orange Cassidy on at least one of the shows out there champion fighting. The promo he gave at the end of the show was real and from the bottom of his heart, and I've seen so many people praising it, but it's the truth. That's who he is. That's what he's done. He is the hardworking champion, and he's uh, a great wrestler. He's very respected in the locker room, and Orange Cassidy versus Moxley is one of those great matches we wanted to deliver, but I also thought that Penta Elzira Mieto deserved a huge platform and this great main event match. He had every reason to want the match with Moxley. He's also had a long rivalry with Orange Cassidy. We've seen them team in recent weeks in the stadium stampede and going into the stampede to get their teamwork, their cohesion. They teamed up on 
collision, but really it's been a long rivalry between the death triangle and the best friend. And certainly two of the more popular members of the whole thing, that rivalry and the death, death triangle and the best friends would be Orange Cassidy and Pentel Zero Mieto. And Pentel wanted the shot to go to all out also. It's a huge opportunity for Penta to become uh, the first wrestler in AEW to hold the international title, the tag team title, and the trios title. And not only to become a singles champion in AEW for the first time, because I do believe Pentel Zermieto or Ray Phoenix, either one of them would be a great singles champion, but to give Penta that great main event opportunity. He had an awesome match with Orange Cassidy, I thought, last night. And we had a lot of top wrestlers that had issues. You know, when you're missing big stars, like the ones we were missing yesterday due to, too, um, you know, having people step up like that, it's a big deal. And I'd always wanted to do Orange Cassidy versus Penta uh, in that in that big main event spot. And I thought they really delivered. And now uh, to have one of the real dream matches for me personally in AEW in a match that, look, thousands of fans were badgering me in a, in a good way. Like, I like it. Like uh, that Orange Cassidy versus Mox should have been last week at Wembley Stadium. Now I think it's really exciting uh, that it's going to happen for the international title at the United Center, two of AEW's greatest stars ever, Mox versus Orange Cassidy, for that international title that uh, packed. And now Orange Cassidy in particular have really elevated to one of our top championships. And in my opinion, it's one of my favorite championships in wrestling international title. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Ella J from A Wrestling Gal is next, and I will follow that <clears throat> with a, a writing question from Jerry Rush uh, from Irish Wrestling and Entertainment. Ella? Hi, Tony. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi. Hi. So you were talking about Chicago. Obviously, AEW is no stranger to Chicago, but like you did also say you got to achieve your light, your longtime dream of hosting a wrestling show in Wembley Stadium when you ran AEW All In. Looking forward, I'm curious to know, do you have any other aspirations of bringing AEW to a specific city or venue in the future? What a great question. Thank you, Ella. Uh, I've been able to hit a lot of the special ones, you know, truly. Uh, for me personally, we've done a lot of the venues that have touched me the most. Uh, one that people don't think about much, the 10th episode of AEW Dynamite was in the State Farm Center in Champaign, Illinois, formerly known as the Assembly Hall. I've, it's crazy because we've done hundreds of Dynamites now, so, but I've also seen a few hundred basketball games in that venue, and also the first wrestling I ever saw was in that venue, uh, and uh, it was really cool to go there. The United Center is one of the real special sporting venues. We've done great events there. And, of course, this Sunday we'll have a great event there that I'm excited about. Wembley was one of the biggest things. Jacksonville, I didn't know how soon it was going to happen. It happened a lot sooner than I expected that we'd be able to wrestle in the stadium. Um, we've never put fans in TIAA Bank, or excuse me, now it's Everbank Field, um, where we did the stadium stampede. But we have had a lot of great events in Daly's Place in Jacksonville. Wembley was one of the biggest for me. Another one we've done that was a lifelong goal. It's so crazy. We've gotten to do so many of them. Thank you, Ella, for making me feel great about all the great stuff we've been fortunate to do. Uh, the Forum. And the Forum is one of my favorites. And I grew up uh, – I haven't a lot of time to watch TV. I want to get back and watch this season two of Winning Time um, because I grew up as a big fan of the Lakers. And um, I kind of, kind of like some of the 80s wrestling. I just missed it and came in on the back end of it. You know, Magic Johnson and Hulk Hogan, both of them uh, were kind of coming off a big run in 1991 and then slowed down a little bit for different, very different reasons. And uh, But then I spent a lot of my childhood going back and watching uh, the stuff they'd been doing in the 80s, whether it was uh, the, the NWA and Crockett with Ric Flair or the WWF with Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man or uh, 80s basketball and renting old videos and watching classic games with uh, Magic Johnson's Lakers against Isaiah Thomas Pistons and Larry Bird Celtics and all those great teams. And uh, the Forum was a dream venue for me, and we've run that. So that's another really special one. Uh, Arthur Ashe was another one, and we go there, and that's a dream. And so we have all these places, and it's still cool because we get to go back to them, and every time I go, it's surreal. So now 
I have to think of another one. <laughs> and I don't know. It's a great question. We've done so many of the of the best ones. There are more so than most people. Uh, you know, the Ted DiBiase gimmick. He had seasonal residences, and uh, I've been fortunate to live in a lot of different places. So there's a number of places I would call home uh, here in Chicago and L.A., uh, Jacksonville, and, of course, London. And I've been fortunate to do events in all those places. Hmm. I'll keep thinking about it, but now I'm glad you asked because you really pushed me to think of something else that will uh, tug at my emotional heartstrings as much as all of those did. Thank you, Ella. Thanks, Ella. And uh, Jerry Rush was due to be next, but um, Ella's question was essentially Jerry's. So uh, we're going we're gonna to move down the queue here. We've got about five more minutes to go. So this is the lightning round. Brandon Thurston, we're going to call on you next. And if there's time after that, we're going to go to Stephanie Chase from Digital Spy. And if there's time after that, we'll, we'll see what's up. But right now, we're going to go with Brandon. Hi, Tony. Thanks again. Hey, Brandon. Yeah. I was just wondering if I could follow up on the first question. You respect me. You can't say a lot about the CM Punk situation. Um, but would you be able to say that you'll give an answer be, uh, by Sunday? I'm sure a lot of fans are, are wondering whether Punk will be on the show before they hit the purchase button on Sunday. That is my goal, and I promise uh, that is what I, I hope that we have a resolution. And uh, I don't expect a full resolution, but I at least expect uh, some more information by then, and I'm going to keep working on it. It's a challenging situation, to say the least, Brandon, and uh, not something I was hoping to be dealing with, but I, I really appreciate you asking. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Stephanie Chase from Digital Spy, you are next, and we'll – uh, follow Stephanie if there's time with Nikki Bushi from Women's Wrestle Talk. Steph? Hey, Tony. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking, Stephanie. Um, well, I'm just about to watch the All In replay here on ITV4, and it was such a huge success. You've announced it for next year. I was wondering, on top of that, have you looked into doing a UK tour or bringing Dynamite and Collision to the UK next time with All In? It's a great thought. I specifically did not want to this past time because I felt that AEW All In should be the very first AEW show in London, and it was obviously a lot of firsts at once. But I thought it really had to be our very first show to just to, to keep that first time energy, and it's a great familiarity that the fans had with our product through television and. I'm sure many of them had traveled over the years to shows as well, but certainly largely through the power of ITV and our streaming service on AEW Plus on Fight. I think the penetration of AEW in the UK really showed because our first event ever, and you have just tens of thousands of people across a massive stadium, and you've got uh, you know a crowd that uh, of over 81,000 paid fans that many of whom had never been to an AEW show before but were completely familiar with almost everybody on the card and uh, their stories and their signature moves and signature moments in the matches. And I thought the crowd participation was amazing, and uh, it was a real testament to uh, how avid the fans are in the U.K. And given that great fan avidity, certainly in the future I think that could make sense. It was just something, in this year I, in particular, I felt like All In should be the first AEW show ever in Europe. And I thought that made it even more powerful, and it was a lot of firsts all at once. And it all came together to be the greatest, greatest evening I've ever been a part of, although for a lot of you in America it was a great, it was a great day. <laughs> Probably not an evening, especially on the West Coast. It was early in the day. And I was curious how it would work as a pay-per-view. It worked incredibly well. And even though it was earlier start time in the U.S. than our usual shows, it worked really well. And it, that's an understatement. It was a massive success. And uh, certainly in the future, more events over there. That's something I'm, I certainly consider. And as long as I can keep 100% of that focus on, AEW all in. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Okay. <clears throat> Thanks, Stephanie. Um, so as promised, we're gonna we get time for Nikki Bushi from Women's Wrestle Talk, and then let's let's uh, finish up with Sean Ross Sapp 
from Fightful. Nikki? Hi, yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, hi. Hi, Tony. How are you? Very well. How are you, Nick? Hi. I am I'm really good. So I wanted to ask, because I've been at the collision shows for the past two weeks, and I've noticed that the continuation of the feud between Mercedes Martinez and Chris Statlander has kind of been pushed to the side. Can you talk about briefly the decision to go with Ruby Soho? And can you also give us an update on Mercedes Martinez moving forward? Well, Mercedes Martinez has been doing great. I think Chris Statlander uh, has beaten Mercedes Martinez in a match, uh, and they had a great match. And uh, obviously Mercedes was displeased with the result, and I thought Willow uh, had a great, uh, great response to it, and they ended up having a great tag team match out of it, which Mercedes and Diamante won. And uh, it wasn't the cleanest win, but it showed Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez and Diamante will do what it takes to pick up a big win. I have a ton of respect for Mercedes Martinez. Uh, she's been great in ROH, and that's why I called her in to come work on AEW Collision, and she'd be great on any show in AEW or ROH. Uh, she came to me and mentioned that uh, she'd have some interest in working with Diamante, and I thought it was a great idea. They had a great history together, and uh, I love uh, I loved the match they had. I thought they did great, and uh, they had a great tag team match with Willow and Chris, and then the singles match, uh, you know, we just had uh, with uh, Willow and Diamante was excellent, but I think there's a lot of possibilities coming out of it. I would say Willow and Mercedes would have a, a great one-on-one -on -one match, and, uh, you know, in particular, I think the winner of Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho, whoever is the TBS champion coming out of All Out, would have a great... Uh, list of challengers potentially lined up to face them and certainly Mercedes Martinez is somebody who uh, could be a great challenger for the TBS championship at any time but to your point I think that was a, it was a good match Mercedes uh, versus Chris and certainly Mercedes could be in line for a rematch at some point too thanks thank you Tony thank you very much Nikki we're going to squeeze in Sean Ross Sapp to finish up. Sean Ross Great. Sapp from Fightful. Hey, Tony, thanks for taking the time. Uh, there there were reports that you had spoken with CM Punk before AEW All-In, and he expressed some maybe some frustrations. Uh, is that true, and would any of that have affected this card, the direction of it, or the booking of it, completely separate of uh, what is being investigated right now? I think we had good plans that had nothing to do with the incident. I think we've been having great shows on Collision and really a hot run of events. Forbidden Door was a great show. And coming out of uh, Forbidden Door, I think uh, it's been a really exciting summer. And I've been really happy with everything. I was really happy going into AEW All-In. I thought everybody was doing a great job on all the shows. I think uh, the event itself, had a great card, and it was the most positively received event we've ever done. I'm really grateful to everybody who wrestled on the show and everybody who helped set the show up. And the lead into it was, was great. I thought we had a great uh, Wednesday TV. It was really, in my opinion, it was one of the best Wednesdays. We had a great go-home show on Dynamite and then had a great go-home collision. The Dynamite show, a lot of people said, was the best go-home show we've ever done. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. It was a great balance of uh, matches and promos. And that can be a really hard thing to do sometimes. I, I've always said, you know, I do these calls with you a lot. And often it's the day after that go-home show. And it's, it's a challenging thing. It's a, and this was one of the best-received ones we've ever done uh, last Wednesday. And then the collision was excellent. And I felt like uh, all the TV was really strong going in. And we had a Wednesday taping where we taped uh, Dynamite and Collision, and I thought it was great, and I was very happy. And uh, the shows were excellent. I think uh, it had nothing to do with the people that have been wrestling each other, uh, any of this stuff. 
and I, uh, you know, I can't comment on any of the incidents or anything, but I was, I was really proud of everybody who wrestled on All In, and the shows, I thought it had been really strong. I really liked uh, the go-home stuff we shot on Wednesday at Collision. So, uh, and, and on Dynamite, obviously, the, the Wednesday, uh, the, the, we taped them both together, actually, in, uh, in Atlanta. So, uh, I, that's all I can really say about, uh, about the wrestling. And then I, I think stuff has been going well, but, uh, um, you know, I, as far as, uh, what you're asking about, uh, any of the other stuff, I, I can't really speak to that part, but I do think everybody was doing a great job, um, on the, the wrestling shows. All right. Thanks, thanks Sean. <clears throat> Tony, we are done. Do you have any, any, um, thoughts to conclude with? Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Uh, I'm really very appreciative every time we do one of these calls. Um, I know it's some of the, some of the familiar people uh, asking the questions. Hopefully, uh, we've been able to answer you. I, I'm not the person picking the questions. Uh, it's a little different than the scrum where we see all your faces and can kind of point you out in the crowd. But I really do try to stick around and answer as many as I can. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to avoid any questions from any of you. I really uh, appreciate you. And I know that your coverage, each and every one of you who asked a question today or came to a scrum or even if you've never uh, come to one of these and you just recap them, uh, all of the people who cover AEW, who cover pro wrestling, you're the ones who are our link to the fans in many ways. You're the ones who uh, promote these events. You're the ones who create the coverage. And, uh, you know, it's not your job to be a fan of pro wrestling, but I know a lot of you are fans of pro wrestling. And coming out of this week, having something so special as AEW All In, uh, it's, a, it's a really great time for the company. And uh, there's a lot to be excited about. And I'm very fired up to go back to the United Center um, even if there have been some challenges in the backstage, I do think there's stuff I'm very excited about on the card and big matches uh, to look forward to. We, I didn't get asked about it specifically, but I think it's a big deal to have Young Bucks and FTR teaming up uh, for a long time. Nobody thought they would see that in pro wrestling, and these are not best friends. Uh, it's it's uh, been a hard road with Young Bucks and FTR. You saw at the end of the match at Wembley, um, it's a very competitive relationship. You know, I think FCR and Young Bucks would consider themselves competitors, not close friends. And very excited to have them teaming up against Bullet Club Gold on this show. Uh, very excited about a lot of the wrestling on the show. And in particular, uh, you know, we've mentioned a lot of the matches. I think uh, Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs uh, really have a great opportunity to showcase on pay-per-view here, uh, which... I've been excited to give them, and this show means a lot to me. It's uh, uh, important to put on some big matches in front of Chicago, which has been really a key town for AEW, and even before AEW, back dating back to All In, and uh, in addition to being a hometown for me. And so uh, very excited for that, and uh, going to be a lot of great stuff on the card. I think we mentioned Statlander. Uh, he's on a great run, and I have a lot of uh, a lot of excitement to see Chris Statlander get in there with Ruby Soho again, given some of their past. Uh, I'll never forget the way the crowd reacted to their match in Las Vegas, and uh, Chris Statlander's come a long way since then, and I'm very excited for this. And two matches in particular I mentioned earlier, uh, Kenny Omega versus Takeshita. That is a match that... Uh, would fit on any show in the world. And uh, I think the fans in Chicago, I, I'm very, very confident you're going to get a great, great, great wrestling match with Omega versus Takeshita, but also a grudge match because um, Kenny is super pissed. And uh, we also have a match that I've wanted to see from the beginning of AEW. And in John Moxley and Orange Cassidy, I think they're going to deliver something really special. Uh, I'm very excited about that match. And, and the whole card. Uh, I really appreciate a lot of you uh, who will be at the show in Chicago, and I just wanted to let you know if you do come, I'll do my best to answer all your questions. Uh, if you've ever been to one of the scrums, uh, we really do try to get everybody in at some point and make sure everybody gets the chance to ask somebody a question at some point in the scrum. Uh, and I 
wanted to thank you all one last time. Thanks for doing this, and hopefully see you in Chicago. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Tony. And uh, thank you again for everyone for being part of today's call. We're going to have, uh, as we normally do, the audio uh, link uh, to, to today's session available here shortly. So with that, it's already been, like, like Tony said, a milestone week for AEW, and there's a lot more still to come. So we appreciate your service to the wrestling community. It plays a major role in all we do. And on behalf of Tony and everyone at AEW, be assured that we appreciate you. Thanks again, and we'll see you this weekend.